ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, my patron peeps, uh, what's up? This is Scoots. Thanking you for your support. Make sure you download the uh, Lens app and uh, or the Patreon app so you can check out the Lens. Uh, it's uh, like Instagram stories for just, just for patrons. Uh, so you get to see a little bit more Scoots. Uh, thanks, patrons. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could sit aside. Whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, noise, uh, travel, travel and stuff, you know, any any stuff, uh, that, whatever's keeping you awake. It could, it could be in town, out of town, time zone related, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to distract you from that. The way I'm going to attempt to do it is to create a safe place, as I think I already said, or sometimes a repetitive place, but just more of a remindive, uh, remindive, is that a word? I mean, repetitive is, but I don't, it's not a reminder, because reminders are kind of, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't really like, I need reminders. I guess I have, a, um, I could be in a romantic comedy with reminders. Maybe that's a good Tuesday episode, reminder rom-com, but I'll come back to that. What I was going to say, safe place, uh, the reason I try to re- repeat that is uh, a rem- what was I doing? Remindive, because I didn't want to use reminder. Remindive kind of sounds like something a guru would say. Step into this remindive place. Uh, where both your center, your exterior, interior, and your sides will be lulled and relaxed. Yeah, oh, I forgot. I think I got off topic. I think I fell into some goo. I fell into some guru, goo, goo, gooey roo stuff. Do people in Australia say that? Like, oh, I stepped in some rugu. That's an Australian joke about what are those things called? Kangaroos. Are they in Australia? I would like to patent that too, for use, you know, for licensing in cartoons, which would be the only place it would fit. Oh, I stepped in. I guess it would only be funny once. I stepped in some rugu, and I don't know who. I probably could. I could probably option that out for about eighty-five cents. Uh, um, anyway, if you're new here, let me get, let me get back to the somewhat grounded place. Uh, I'm glad you're here. And I'm going to try to take your mind off stuff. A, a, a goofy, safe place where you could relax and ease into bedtime. Maybe bedtime becomes less of a, of like a work or feels like work or uh, dreadful. And become something that you can either feel neutral about or, if I really do my job well, that you could look forward to. Or I guess ideally just not even think about it. Say, okay, I'm going to get in bed, turn off the lights, and press play, and Scoots is going to do the rest. And by the rest, what I mean if you're new, thanks for coming by. Uh, structure show, here's what the rest is. Uh, first, the top of the show is business. That's how we keep the podcast and all the archives free. Uh, so thanks for sitting through that. Thanks for listening to it, regular listeners. And uh, so that's the top of the show. Then there's an intro. And about 10% of the listeners skip straight to the story. Uh, everyone else, this intro is kind of different every time. A lot of people fall asleep to it. Some people use it in a reminder way to say, oh, Scoots is here to carry me off into dreamland. 
and talk about his uh, non-Plutonic, non-Plutonic relationship with Reminders. And I said, I never said that. Uh, reminder, get out of the house uh, and, and try to do something. What is it when you, can you have a platonic relationship uh, with a podcast? I think you can. Okay, where was I? Uh, so the intro is uh, like a little bit different every time, but a little bit familiar. Sets the, sets the tone. And it's a show within a show. Uh, and you can choose, you know, as you get used to the podcast, like whether you say, oh, okay, I'm an intro listener or I skip the intro. You can use it either way. It's where I attempt to set the tone, and the tone is goofiness. So, and then after the intro uh, tonight, it'll be uh, we'll be talking about Doctor Who uh, season series one. I don't know one of the episodes in the middle numbers, so it's hard. I think maybe episode seven. Adam's in it, so and it takes place on a space station. So that, that we'll be talking about that. If you've never seen Doctor Who, it doesn't really matter. Like, it'll be uh, meandering and winding. And it'll, it'll be kind of like your your reflection in a very foggy mirror. You say, I know that's me there. But, I can, you know, I can't really wreck it. Because like, I tried to shave the other day in a foggy mirror. And I said, well, I can't do it. And that wasn't, I don't even do any precision shaving. That was just uh, some, you know, degrazing. Or whatever you call it, like uh, some buzz, but you know, bushwhacking. So that's and then the show ends. <laughs> what does it take me? Eight minutes to get through the structure, and then the show ends with uh, thank yous and good nights. So, so that's the structure of the show. A couple other things to remember: if you're new, you're under no pressure to listen, or there's no improper or proper way to use this podcast. You know, you can skip the intro, like I said. You could listen all night. Some people listen just when they wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, some people listen to the whole episode for comfort and companionship in the deep, dark night, and other people uh, fall asleep in the first four or five minutes. Uh, so this podcast is here to help, but there's no pressure on you to listen. And there's also no, shouldn't be any pressure on you to fall asleep. I'm going to be here to help. The podcast does not work for everybody, uh, but hopefully it helps you. And all you got to do is uh, kind of listen. And ideally, I keep you company. And keep you distracted. And at some point you say you drift off into dreamland. And it kind of is a middle way of listening and paying attention. Like, in like we'll talk. And, oh, this is a part of the intro where I try to make a metaphor based on what's on my mind about what the podcast is like. It's usually a good demonstration of uh, how my thought process works. But I do have an interesting cognitive relationship with reminders. Because uh, I'm not, like, I usually, I, I guess I uh, try to remember stuff, but I also do a lot of overthinking. So then I can forget stuff. And I don't think my brain is exactly good at any kind of linear thinking, like Monday, Tuesday. Well, I got that coming up on Thursday. Also, I approach life with a significant amount of dread. So that can, you know, complicate your relationship with remembering upcoming events. Because uh, cause I'm not spending a lot of time saying, oh, boy, can't wait till that comes up on the calendar, even if it's something like uh, mundane. That's uh, just the way my thoughts are. Uh, so then I set a lot, a lot of reminders. And then I also have like a big to-do list. I don't know if anybody can relate to this. And I said, well, geez, if I set a reminder for that uh, to meditate, I tried that a few times. Like uh I set a few reminders or use an app to remind me to meditate for a minute at different spots of the day. 
that's really going to work. That's going to change it all. Well, Super Scoots is on his way because he's going to be grounded, unified. I'll be part of the unified field. And later I'll be dancing in the field of dreams once I get uh, centered like that by these reminders. And that didn't work. I just became very resentful at the app and eventually deleted it and downloaded more more versions of competitors' apps and deleted those and and would look at it cross like uh, someone had just hit me in the neck with a spitball and I was in grammar school. I said, what the heck are you reminding me about? To relax? Uh, dismiss uh oh look news oh boy let me let me check out that news stuff and but at the same time like uh, you do like reminders to remind me of stuff uh, especially like in like a progression say okay i got that in three days okay i got that in two days uh okay got that in one day okay i got that in 30 minutes i think i'm a five reminder person and that's not a joke i say like a three day i mean a one week warning Three day, two day, one day, and then like one before it, like a thirty minute or hour. Uh, that kind of creates a. I don't know what it is. I, I guess because I can have. I, I guess because I know other reminders are coming. If I feel like resentful, I can dismiss, uh, and then maybe I'm open to the next one. And because it primes me in some way, I'm a little more relaxed. They say, oh, okay, thanks for telling me so far ahead of time, uh, internet, phone, or whatever. Uh, that's great. I'm totally chill about that now. So I don't know if you can do that with meditation. They'll say, hey, by the way, in, in four days, I'd like you to meditate for two minutes uh, at this time. Weird how self-care doesn't uh, fit into those slots. Uh so I don't know where the romance would come in in this rom-com, but I could see it because you see how we have, a, like, that's, I guess, usually one of the things with rom-coms, uh, rom-coms. This would be more of a rom-con. I should have a rom-con. Uh, maybe that's what the reminder would be. Scoots, hold a rom-con. Maybe out of a thousand, maybe you could get some rom, you know, out of thousands of attendees. Uh, it's, it's a bit unlikely because I'd probably just go back to my hotel room to be alone. But uh, what was I saying? Like, it was so it's like, oh, I'm so sick of you, reminders. So, you know, so fed up, except when I look at that little bell you have uh, right in the eyes. Uh, there's a moment I pause, and then we go, and, you know, we walk, and we laugh, uh, you know, and then some, you know, one of us slips, and we have another laugh, and then uh, we feed ducks. And we eat and we let each other taste each other's food. And that's when we know, you know, then, and then later is the moment. Uh, the first one, you know, there's multiple. Usually there's the say, so we say, oh, no, can't act on this uh, reminder. Uh, so relationship's been too complicated and uh, it has too many layers. It's gone too far. Uh, dismiss. Uh, in a, what would a reminder do? And a reminder would fail to remind me. I guess, yeah, this does fit a rom-con because then uh, it'd be the big day, the big day of the launch of Super Scoots uh, International. Uh, Gingerbread Press's full lineup, uh, book releases, and uh, with the mayor, ribbon cutting, uh, everything. You know, gingerbread scents being piped in. Uh, and, of course, a reminder would not remind me to wake up. Uh, and then, you know, that, that would ensue. It, then there'd be another complication, and that would bring us back together.
maybe, I don't know, as friends, as, uh, I don't know, what the what future holds for me in, in reminders uh, or notifications. Uh, oh, boy. That could be what I tricked. I said, it's a, I'm a notification, not a reminder. I said, I'm so sorry. I got you too mixed up because uh, you're two sides of the same coin. They're just my notifications just got out of my phone, stormed out of the studio. So rom-com began. So let me bring it back to the new listeners and everyone else. So, so here's the thing I posit. Uh, I think that was distracting. I think I probably took your mind off of whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, but at the same time, maybe you're a little bit puzzled. And the concept of a grown man having a relationship with uh, something that doesn't really exist uh, yeah, it seems, you say, well, that's a little bit confusing. And I say, exactly, yeah, that's totally my method. Intentional, uh, nearly scientific, like the chemistry of romance is about as, uh, it, it's an alternative to that chemistry because I didn't learn that one. Uh, the chemistry of, of romance, and maybe that be, could be a book, though. Reminders, notifications, and remind me to, that it could be, okay, Gingerbread Press, the, uh, Romance edition, reminder for romance, uh, notify me later or something. I don't, I don't know. Dismilification dismissed. Uh, so anyway, if you're, I'm glad you're here. And this podcast is a little bit silly, as I said, as you've seen. Give it a few tries because uh, I'm here to help. I've been there, uh, tossing and turning or waking up uh, repeatedly at 2.30 in the morning uh, as of late uh, and having, you know, get up and walk around and stuff like that. So I I would love to help you out. So give it a few tries. I appreciate you coming by. And I really, I work very hard, believe it or not. Uh, Not so much on this part. This is the natural part. Uh, But uh, the other parts, uh, because they really yearn and I strive. uh, And I want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. Let's keep the show going. All right, hey, everybody, we're talking uh, Season Series 1, Episode 7, The Long Game. And it already opened, and I already got to pause it because I don't have the right lighting to read my notes. But I'll be back briefer than a digital pause and anything else that's cut out. Okay, I'm back now. And also makes me notice that the episode started without it last time, so it goes straight into the episode here. And let's see, pan of uh, TV news. Uh, this is really where we start to see even more. I don't know. I really started. The doctor is really winning me over wholeheartedly uh, with a little, you know, tiny little countercultural elements uh, that I like. Uh, in addition to TV news, there's like padded, padded red walls like you'd see in a bar, like an old school bar. Uh, TARDIS arrives, uh, indices, uh, this is a really great first scene, though. Uh, arrives, indices, and Doctor and Rose come out of the TARDIS, basically, and the Doctor's kind of filling Rose in. And uh, Rose kind of, he's setting Rose up to impress, impress Adam. But he just gave her the answers, but she has this amazing deductive skill. Uh, it really, uh, like as to why the doctor gave the answers and they play this little game. I'll, I'll do some of the dialogue and the doctor is, uh, I put the doctor is right. The doctor is impressed. Uh, and then they climb up a ladder and they go to look out a window 
or a gantry, and it's a view of Earth. Uh, but doctor says to Rose, it's year 200,000, we're on a spaceship, no, space station. Open that gate, off you go. And the Rose goes, okay, 2,000. So Adam goes, she Rose goes, hey, Adam, check it out. And uh, she goes, she's, she's acting all smooth. And she goes, yeah, this this architecture looks like a year 2,000 architecture, or 200,000. Year 2000 was like 18 years ago, I guess, or something. And then she goes, oh, listen to the engines. We're on a space station. And Doctor's impressed with that. And also it's impressive how Rose is learning from her experiences on the show. And then she says, let's go through this gate. And then they're looking at Earth and Adam faints because, you know, he's like, holy cow, I'm brilliant space in the future. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to be looking at the fourth great and bountiful human empire. Uh, 96 billion hub of the galactic domain, a million planets, uh, mankind right in the, in, in the middle. And the doctor also see this little tension because he says, oh, geez, that's your boyfriend. And Rose goes, not anymore. Uh, then we see like a hub of activity in the central part of the play, uh, space station or whatever. There's like a little food uh, food cart and people run around and there's like good uh, action music, uh, kind of like you'd see in characters. Uh, and the doctor has his robe, arms around Adam and Rosie says, Adam, you got to open your mind, buddy. You can enjoy this part of history. And let's see, trying to get food. Watch wrong, weird, fine. Lots of steam, uh, heavy activity and music. Uh, lots of humans trying to get food. Okay, that's what my no 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 say. Uh, but the doctor also says, uh, "Huh." After he's like kind of showing off for Adam to say, "Adam, let's get some food or whatever." He goes. He checks his watch. Uh, he goes, "Huh, that's weird." And Rose goes, uh, "That's what happens to show off." So he goes, "Maybe your history is not as good as you think it is." And the doctor goes, "My history is perfect." Uh, and then even Adam goes, "How come there's not diversity here?" He goes, "It's all humans. Where are the, all, the, all the other species?" And the doctor goes, "Well, that's a good question." And then he goes, "How much is a Corona Burger?" There's actually a place in Oakland, Corona Corona Burger or something. Uh, and the guy goes, two credits, 20. So then they go to an ATM, uh, and the doctor hacks it with a sonic screwdriver. Uh, he calls it a cash point, and then, like, a, like a stick comes out, like a flat stick, uh, five-credit bar or something. And, well, Adam says, how much is it worth? Uh, he goes, I think the name of the company was Credit Five or something. He goes, go and find out, man. Live life. Uh he goes, it's like being in Paris. You just got to walk around lost. Uh, don't follow the guidebook. Uh, get into it. Use the wrong verbs. Get charged double and kiss strangers. And the doctor goes, that's just my style. And uh, they like uh, Adam's like, okay. And then the doctor kind of with a little passive aggressiveness says, off on your first date, Rose. Uh, and Rose kind of smiles back at him. Uh, kind of playfully, like, uh, geez, you got to make everything awkward, huh, Doc? Uh, but then after Rose turns, the doctor gets a serious look on his face. We see we're at uh, floor 139. And then the doctor starts to quiz uh, two women that are walking, uh, Suki and Kathika. 
And they, they, he goes, where are we? And they go, 139. Where the heck else? It's giant letters, dude. And he goes, 139 of what? And they go, you're on Satellite 5. Uh, he goes, so Satellite 5 what? Uh, and they go, don't you know anything? He goes, no. And they go, is this some kind of management test? He goes, oh, yeah, totally, management. He shows them that psychic... Uh, passport he has uh, he goes yep i'm in management uh, in playing dumb inspection uh, fletch style and suki goes oh yeah i've heard about this we got to have we got to know everything and then kathic uh she says okay go ahead uh, you know i'm trying to get to floor 500 so the doctor goes what's floor 500 he goes she goes it's made of gold man uh don't you know anything uh, then they start showing him the news uh in all these news channels. And this was whatever, 2005 or whatever. So I say, okay, I'm getting this. Uh, this is like a old, uh, like there was a character on Survivor named Rupert. Uh, and I don't think this was about really a character on Survivor named Rupert, but uh, I think you can figure it out if you want to or whoever. I don't know. I'm not that versed in that stuff, but they have all these different news channels. One is like the emoji news uh, before emojis were a thing. It's like a smiley face emoji plus one. But they say, yeah, we got news on Venus. We got news in Glasgow, Space Lane 39. I think that is the one on, uh, that's the Sun Emoji channel. Uh, they got a Bad Wolf channel, and the face of Bo is pregnant. Uh, so I said, what year is it? Because I just saw the face of Bo. Uh, they get, get, get the face of Bo's container scrubbed. Was that the same face of Bo I know and love? And the doctor goes, it's great, you're news broadcasters. And they go, we are the news, we're the journalists. We make it, we sell it, uh, we package it. Uh, uh, 600 channels all right out of uh, Satellite 5 to everywhere. And then we see one of our most beloved, uh, I mean, someone I love as an actor, Simon Pegg. Uh, and I didn't know he did all these roles. He was in an episode of, of season series one of uh, I'm Alan Partridge, uh, uh, too. And, and I think that was like way before 2005. Uh, and he's always good in everything. He's like this, uh, he's got this like a very blonde look with ice curls and all the other people up with him have like an ice style. And he's doing a security check. He goes, we got to check these people's facts. Uh, and then Kathy is kind of talking about uh, to the doctor and, you know, then Simon Pegg's character is like, uh, you know, scan, the, you scan their backstories or whatever. Uh, then we see Adam and Rose, they're kind of on their date talking about a slush puppy, a beef slush puppy. There's lots of cool, there's like an old alarm clock sound. Uh, like uh, either right between when the alarm clocks went digital after they left their bell, like a rat, rat, rat sound. Uh, I like to use the sound effects, creative sound effects on the show a lot. Uh, a lot of people eating noodles. They said uh, this reminds me of uh, the Blade movie with uh, where uh, Harrison Ford was eating noodles. Uh, Alarm clock sounds, beef slushy, Adam gets homesick, so Rose goes, why don't you call home? He goes, this phone can call across the space and time. Rose goes, yeah, doctor, you know, lasered it with a screwdriver. Uh, we could get a term, a bit of a top-off. Uh, that's another term we may, maybe we'll look up uh, at some point. 
But Adam goes, oh, sir, oh, a bit of a top-off. I think that's what Rose said to the doctor, did to the phone. And Adam leaves a message for his mom, mom, his dog comes and listens. They still had answering machines back then. Uh, Lunch whistles, so lunch ends, everybody's got to get back. The doctor goes, oi, Mutt and Jeff, get over here. Adam, we noticed, keeps the phone, which was not very sly, but he was trying to be sly. And Simon Pegg Peg is just, excuse me, Simon, Simon Pegg is just still watching. He kind of tastes the trouble, is that what that says? Uh, double check, triple check. Uh, he's telling his employees, like, double check, triple check. Uh, yeah, Adam's like, I can, can't call 190,000 years into the past. Uh, and let's see, then they go into this room where people are sitting in a circle with their hands over these, uh, I don't know, these, these hand things. And then Kathika says, all right, we're going to do some news. Uh, and Kathika kind of sits in a barber's chair and uh, like, like, like she's going to get her hair cut, but she doesn't. But you like just the part where they massage her uh, forehead, she gets done. And she starts it with another cool, she goes, okay, ladies and gentlemen, multisex, undecided, or robot, my name is Kathik uh, with a C. She goes, by the way, floor 500, give me a, you know, bring me up to management. We got this inspection going on. And then she snaps in like the head massage. Uh, it, uh, it uses it to ch- kind of transfer the news while everybody else concentrates. Uh, like it creates like a, some sort of vibrational frequency that connects to her brain. And the doctor's like, oh, it's streaming compressed information. Her computer, her brain's the computer. And then we see Simon Pegg again, and he's upstairs. He's watching everything on security, and he's very amused. Uh, he's like, someone there is uh, like a troublemaker. I know it. Uh, who is it? Uh, is it Suki? Is it Brea? Is it Adams? Is it... Uh, Oh, no, I don't know what that says, but is it Brea? Yeah, but Adam's mind is blown by this whole thing going on. And then the doctor's like, there's something not right here uh, because uh, this technology's all wrong. And Rose is interested, while Adam's more, like, uh, worried about himself. Uh, and Rose is like, trouble, doctor? Like, she's like, oh, boy, it's going like, to be fun again. And he goes, oh, yeah. And they kind of laugh, uh, and then the Adams or Peg is determined that Suki's the one um, uh, that that's like uh, undercover or something. Oh yeah, download. Rose smiles. Download turns off. Uh, there's been a glitch, so Peg tells ends up Simon Peg's boss is like a Chewbacca-like figure, who says, uh, "Get get her up here." Porcelain smile. What does that say? Porcelain. Well, whatever they call Suki, and they say, "By the way, Suki, you got a raise. Uh, come up to floor 500." And Kathik is like, uh, "You got to be kidding me! I thought I was more qualified than you." And uh, Suki goes, "Well, I guess I got the promotion. I got to go up there." Uh, she was a is like, "Put in a good word for me." They're like, "Don't worry about it." And the doctor's like, oh, something strange is going on. And so Suki's very happy. Then they go into, like, the common area, the food area. 
And uh, Suki's like, I'm going to miss you, Kathika. And she goes, thanks, doctor. And he goes, for what? She goes, you're my lucky charm. And the doctor's like, all right, I'll hug anybody. And the doctor gives her a hug. And then Adam and Rose are having a side conversation about Adam kind of not liking seeing all the technology. Uh, He goes, I just need some alone time, Rose, to acclimatize. Uh, She goes, what do you mean? He goes, I got to go sit down somewhere. Maybe look out the window. And she goes, you want me to come? He goes, no, stick with the doctor. And then we see a beat. beat, He goes, uh, you'd rather be with him. It's going to take a better man than me to get between the two of you. And then Rose goes, why don't you keep the TARDIS keys, you know, in case you just want to sit in the TARDIS. Uh, And he goes, uh, yeah, the TARDIS is totally normal compared to this. Uh, Then Suki says, hey, bye, everybody. Great seeing you. Say goodbye to Steve for me. They say, of course. Uh, Then Suki gets on an elevator to floor 500. The doctor's like, what's with the long goodbyes? And they go, why don't you go to floor 500? You don't come back. Uh, and he's like, have you been up there? And she goes, uh, no, no, no. No one goes up there. You don't go to visit. Let's see. Not, oh, uh, when, uh, when Simon Pegg was talking to Chewbacca, he says, yes, sir. Absolutely. So absolutely. He's bowing and nodding and folding his hands. Uh, WTF. That was kind of Kasika's reaction. Lucky charm. Another alarm clock sound. And wants to chill solo, rather be with him, take the TARDIS key, Suki's off, say goodbye to Steve. Uh, the doctor seems suspicious when Kathika says, oh yeah, no one wants you to work on 500. So then Suki gets to 500 and we see it's a snow-themed work area. And she goes, this is weird. It doesn't seem very, like she goes, I didn't expect to work in snow. It's not walls of gold, I put it. It's walls of cold. And no one made that joke on the show. She has a flashlight in a, a bag. There's also newspapers with comics on the floor. And she looks around, and, and I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Chuck E. Cheese. They used to have a band at every Chuck E. Cheese, an animatronic band. That band is there, and they're non-operational. So he goes, what's the Chuck E. Cheese band doing here? And they were sitting around the same circle as Kathy and Suki with the uh, um, barber's chair. And then a door opens automatically and a lot of lights coming out. So Suki pauses uh, and Peg, Peg is waiting there. He waves. He says, hello. Hey. Uh, and it's kind of very cold and icy. And uh, Suki goes, who are you? He goes, I'm the editor. And she goes, what is going on? And he goes, can you tell me who you are? She goes, Suzuki Cantrell, uh, born 19199, apostrophe 89 in uh, Morocco. And he goes, nope. Uh, and she goes, I like, uh, then we see a, like a job thing of her, a job video. She goes, I love archaeology. I like digging. And then Simon Pegg again, wonderful. He goes, you're, you're lying. Yeah. He goes, you're, uh, she goes, yeah, like, uh, she goes, I want to work at Satellite 5 because uh, to help pay my sister pay for school, it really pays well. And the doctor goes, let's look at the facts. And then we see Suki is like this undercover activist. Uh, he goes, Freedom 15, the last person from Freedom 15. 
And as Suzuki goes, Suzuki gets serious. She, she goes, who controls Satellite 5, dude? And then Simon still, he, the editor, he's still so happy. He goes, there's the truth. Uh, and she goes, we know you're manipulating facts here uh, using the news. Uh, they said, what, what are they, could they see into the future? He goes, I love it. And she goes, this is a corrupt system. Who do you work for? And he goes, I answer to the editor-in-chief. And she goes, who's that? He goes, Chewbacca. He's overseeing everything, literally everything. And Suki looks up and sees Chewbacca. And she's like, she has never seen Star Wars because this isn't in that universe. So she's like, what in the heck? Uh, like, if you if you didn't see Star Wars, you saw Chewbacca, you'd probably be like, what the? Like, uh, and if you weren't from Earth, like, you wouldn't, you might think it's a Yeti. But otherwise, you'd be like, what the? Uh, so Suki's like, okay, this isn't good. Is this Chewbacca? Cause it's not the actual Chewbacca. It's like, uh, it's a Chewbacca-esque character. Uh, then we see Adam and he's trying to hack into a computer right away. Let's see. Let me go back. Uh, big smile. Uh, Simon Pegg snapped upwards, uh, it says, yeah, Chewbacca's your boss. Uh, then Adam Solo, he tries to hack into a terminal, but it has to download, it like downloads right into his brain. So he wants to learn about the microprocessors, which went out of business in the 21st century and became like an organic uh, thingamajig. Uh, and like Adam's like, holy cow, I'm going to use this to get as rich as my old boss. Uh, then Cathica is like, uh, the doctor's like kind of looking around. He's looking at the barber's chair, sitting in it. Uh, and the doctor's like, you can, you've never been to any other floors. And Cathica's like 16. That's like, like, uh, IT. And then I started coming here to work. Uh, you work, eat and sleep on the same floor. She goes, you're not management really, are you? He goes, yep, but you're so clever. I'm not. And she goes, I don't want to be involved. Uh, she goes, I don't know anything. And the doctor goes, don't you question things? And she goes, why would I? He goes, uh, you're a journalist. Why is everybody human here? Why well, no diversity of uh, beings? Uh, and she goes, I don't know. And then the doctor goes, well, where are they? And she goes, well, you know, rules and stuff. Uh, and he goes, what rules? And she goes, I don't know, rules, uh, expenses to travel. And she goes, yeah, yeah. She goes, you know, upheaval. And the doctor goes, well, he goes, you're missing something, Catholic. And she goes, well, we, I have access to all the news, so there's nothing strange going on. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I can tell you what's strange. He goes, this, this isn't the Earth that's supposed to be. And he goes, even with this tech. And Catholic goes, well, it's cutting edge. And he goes, it doesn't matter. It's a weird. Uh, he goes, this isn't just, he goes, it's not the space station, it's the attitude. He goes, uh, human growth has been stunted, uh, something's doing it. He goes, I, I'm, I, this was weird. He goes, I'm pegging the humanity's stunted about 90 years behind. Uh, he goes, when did Satellite 5 go into business? She goes, 91 years ago. He goes, perfect. Uh, uh, then we see Adam is like downloading uh, the microprocessor info to his parents' answering machine. Uh, about like a single molecule computers or something in 2019. So that's coming next year. 
Uh, but then he gets locked out of the computer. He says, you got to go to floor 12, floor 16 if you want to keep using it. Uh, let's see. He gets off the elevator. He checks in at floor 16, which is IT. And no one seems to be in a big hurry. And they say, what's up? He goes, I got some chip issues. Uh, got locked out of a screen. And the person, she says, what kind of chip issues? He goes, yeah, I haven't got one. And she goes, what are you, a student or something? He goes, yeah. She goes, typical. Uh, gosh. And she rolls his eyes. She, she goes, hey, where are you from? Uh, and he goes, Mars. She goes, uh, Martian boondocks, even more typical. And Adam's like, I can't believe I'm getting away. She goes, we still need a chip. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I guess. He goes, if I get a chip, I can use the computers. She goes, yeah, but it, she goes, they don't subsidize chips anymore, student. And he goes, oh, sorry. And he goes, oh, wait a second, I got this bar, this credit bar. And she goes, oh, that'll work. Uh, great. And old-fashioned phrases, she says, Adam's using. She likes his money. Then they go into the chipping room, and she gives them a lowdown. She's like, like, uh. She goes, you got, like, uh, she goes, you can get the basic chip or the super chip, uh, like, with some head massage. Uh, that one's got the biggest bandwidth, uh, but it's more expensive, 10000 uh, And Adam goes, yeah, I don't think I got 10000 She goes, yeah, you do, to unlimited credit on this uh, credit bar. And Adam goes, well, I don't know about that, uh, full bandwidth, uh. And she goes, it's guaranteed. He goes, well, I got him in a hurry. She goes, we, we, she goes, we can do it fast. No problem. Uh, let's just make this sale. What's it going to take me to get you in the chip today? And Adam goes, I'm not so sure. She goes, well, she goes, you could interface with one computer or the entire Internet, full bandwidth, the history of the human race. What's it going to be? Uh, type 2, you are the computer. How much info would you like? And Adam says, his face says, all the info. Then what's it, go, what's it going to be? Then we see a close-up of Kathika uh, with screwdriver starts. Uh, I think at, oh, like a doctor's working in the background scanning with a screwdriver. And she goes, what are you going to do? Are you hacking into stuff? He goes, Rose, zip, get, she goes, uh, what are you doing? And uh, she goes, we're going to get busted. Meanwhile, Peg's watching everything. And he goes, I don't get it. We just scanned these people. He goes, the only person that came up was Suki, who's now working there. And But he's not, he's like, this is fascinating. Uh, then Chewbacca gets on his case. He goes, yeah, totally, boss. Uh, and you just see the subtleness of, like, good, good acting. Because he, like, walks behind all his workers. He, he's, like, whispering to each of them, check him, double check him, triple check him, quadruple check him. He just has this energy that's not, that's more nuanced than nervous energy. And it has a little bit of humor. You just say, okay, no wonder that he's a superstar. Yeah, even his pacing and the way he speaks, uh, outside the parameters, he says, fascinating. He bows down to Suki's side. Then I have get told off. That was in big. I think that's what uh, Kathika said. We're going to get busted. She said, get told off. Yeah, then at the end, he after he whispers everybody, he kind of does this brush off, like take off uh, to, to somebody. 
then doctor, um, let's see, I think then, oh, the doctor's back to hacking. And he's talking about the heat sinks uh, with Casca and Rose. He goes, the heat is so hot here. Do you ever think about why it's so warm on this satellite? And Kathy goes, something to do with the turbine. The doctor goes, something to do with the turbine. He goes, you got to be kidding me. He goes, aren't you more inquisitive like Rose? He goes, look at Rose. She asks questions. And he goes, the question is, why is it so hot on this uh, space station? And she goes, would you worried about the heating? He goes, never underestimate plumbing, which from episode two. He goes, plumbing is very important. And then we go back, and everybody's, like, fig- trying to figure out, like, uh, who is uh, Simon Pegg in his computer. He says, who is they? And they say, no one. And they said, what, in the Game of Thrones, House of Black and White? These two are no one, Dr. and Rose. Uh, and they say, he is no one. He goes, made a fake ID? They go, no, he is no one. Uh, just like Arya and Jachen. Uh And he goes, he doesn't exist anywhere? And they go, yeah, no one. And they go, same with Rose, no one. And the doctor goes, well, or, I mean, uh, Simon Pegg, the editor goes, well, we'd get better to give him promotions then, bring him up. And the doctor goes, uh, he's showing Katka the plumbing again. He goes, it's cool up top. Uh, everything's cooling something up top, and that's causing all the heat to move down. And he goes, we should head up. And they go, you're not going to go up. He goes, there's an override key right here. And she goes, why are you getting the code? And the doctor looks right into the camera. He goes, because someone up there likes me. And the editor cracks up Simon Pegg. Uh, then we see Adam checking out his, uh, uh, like, uh, forehead. And he goes, how do I trigger the computer to, to, like, full bandwidth? And she goes, well, some people do a whistle. Some people do, oh, Danny boy. Right now it's set to a click your finger. So if you snap, uh, click your fingers, you you access the internet through your forehead. Uh, if you don't, you don't. Uh, then the elevator up comes. Uh, Doctor and Rose uh, hold hands. I noticed uh, Adam's mind. He gets his tummy ache because he's like, I can't believe I uh, have a like a like a band like a bandwidth connection in my brain. And they say, oh, don't worry, even a tummy ache. We got a tummy ache. We installed a tummy ache, uh, anti-tummy ache thing that freezes any aches. Uh, it takes a tummy, turns it into a gummy. Uh, so he, like, has a gummy. It's tough to explain. You got to watch the episode. Uh, they arrive at episode four, 500, Dr. and Rose. The doctor's worried. He actually, he goes, Rose, go back. Uh and Rose is all tough. Uh, she goes, I'm not going back. I'm here for the action. She goes, tough luck, doctor. And Peg's waiting for them. And he's almost as amused as the doctor usually is. So, you know, the doctor is like, uh, and the editor goes, yeah, I already started doing everything. He goes, uh, getting ready for you. He goes, we got all the information in the fourth and great bountiful human empire. About everybody, everything except for you two. Nothing, not anything, nada. And Rosa works, runs up to Suki, but she's like tapped in, so she's ignoring her. She's like, Suki, Suki, and she doesn't say anything. And the doctors are all like on full bandwidth, so, so they're like in the zone. 
And the editor goes, oh, well, you got so much information, doctor. He goes, uh, but you're no one. Uh, how did you get all your information? And the editor, Simon Pegg, is like, kind of like, I can't stand it. I got to know. And he goes, anyway, doctor's like, anyway, we got to hit the road. Uh, uh, but Simon Pegg's like, oh, no, no, you're not leaving until I get all, get all the information. Uh, and the doctor's like, well, I'm not going to tell you. And then the editor goes, I'd like to meet Chewbacca who's in charge. Uh, and he goes, by the way, this isn't a force in great bountiful human empire. He goes, it's actually, uh, just a place where humans uh, happen to live. Uh, and he goes, Oh, sorry. Chewbacca doesn't like that. So he goes, humans are allowed to live by the permission of my client. Uh, Rose is like, what is, what is that furry creature? And Dyche's like, is that who's in charge of Satellite 5? He goes, he goes, that is who's in charge of the whole human race. Jassofrashic Max and Fro or something. Editor's like, I call it Max for short, Jag Refresh. I think that was like when Mick Jagger did like a solo rap album in the 80s. It was called Jag Refresh. And maybe he did it with Fresh Prince uh, and DJ Jazzy Jeff, uh, but it was only, it didn't really, I don't think it was ever released because uh, uh, I don't know why. I said, it, like, uh, maybe that, that um, a Run DMC Aerosmith thing stole the thunder, or maybe like it was a couple years later and Mick Jagger just didn't know about that whole thing. I don't know. Oh, also, at some point, Simon Pegg goes, by the way, I'm not Rupert. The, uh, the Chewbacca character is Rupert. Uh, uh, so get that straight. Then we see Adam walk around the base, uh, and he tries to slip by Kathika. He gets on the elevator. Kathika's doing her own digging, and she goes. She decides she's going to go to elevator or floor 500. And the whole time, uh, Peg's still making a speech about, you know, the grand plans to control the news, to control the people. <laughs> Maybe somebody should have watched this episode before uh, in 2016. But, uh, hey, Zuckerberg, have you seen this episode, buddy? Uh, uh, let's see, talking about modern-day Earth. Uh, and, you know, hey, let's do this. And then we get, you know, and I say, this is a little simplistic, maybe. And then I said, hardy, har, har. Uh, so the Rose said, everybody Earth's under your news power. And uh, the editor said, well, they're living. They just live and make their decisions. So it's not like we're technically controlling them. And the doctor goes, yeah, you are. And the editor goes, oh, I was looking forward to a debate. Uh, he goes, is that all I'm going to get? And he goes, yeah. He goes, this isn't any fun. And doctor goes, uh, you know, let us go, and uh, we'll see how fun it is. And Rose goes, uh, this is, or doctor goes, uh, the editor goes, this is a great system. Everybody wins. you got to admire it. Uh, Rose goes, somebody's going to figure it out. And the editor goes, yeah, every once in a while they do, and then we give them a promotion. And then Kathika steps out and is watching this. Uh, Oh, also, it turns out then Adam goes and gets in the salon chair and accesses the Internet. And then Peg's going for this long speech in, uh, about the Jagrafesh, uh, which is uh, the Chewbacca character. Turns out they say, well, who do you work for? And he goes, the Bank of Bravos. I mean, I'm not even kidding. He says, a consortium of banks with long-term investment. 
so that Jagger Fresh could run this whole show and keep them cool, which is one of the things. If you're in a Chewbacca suit, uh, you're going to get hot. You need a lot of AC. And they go, well, how long is this going to be going on? And Simon Pegg goes, 3,000 year investment Bank of Bravos has made. And the doctor goes, not only is this thing transmitting in the news, it's just keeping him cool. And then Adam, like, fully accesses the Internet, tries to download it to his parents' phone. And then the editor goes, well, by the way, knowledge is power. Just wondering who you are. Uh, meanwhile, he's getting Adam's information. So he goes, like, who knows about you? He goes, huh. And he goes, oh, you're your Time Lord. And the doctor goes, what? He goes, oh, the last of the Time Lords in a time travel machine with a human girl from long ago. And the doctor goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and he loves saying time travel, so you know it's not good. And uh, we realize that Adam's gotten and given out all their info uh, with his infinite knowledge. Because the doctor's like, you, 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 who'd you get this from? Because they're not telling the truth. He goes, Adam Mitchell. And then he shows Adam accessing the Internet with his forehead. And the doctor's like, what in the heck did he see gone and done? What a buffoon. He goes, he's reading his mind. He's telling him everything. And the editor goes, yep. Uh, he goes, and by the way, you have infinite knowledge, doctor. Human empire is tiny compared to what you've seen in your T-A-R-D-I-S, TARDIS. And yes, I can spell. And the doctor goes, you're not going to get my TARDIS. Uh, and he goes, I get the key. He goes, I get the key from Adam. Uh, so, hardy, har, har. And the doctor goes, you and your boyfriends, Rose. Uh, the doctor gives him time, Lord. Uh, infinite. Oh, then he's like, we're going to rewrite history and write humans right out of it. Uh, but Kathika gets, like, she gets, she's watching the whole time. And they don't know. So she goes into action mode. Uh, like, uh, well, Peg's still making his James Bondy speech. Uh, and she overrides everything. She hacks into the uh, the uh, band um, from Chuck E. Cheese, uses them to like access the internet. It overrides, uh, overrides everything. Shuts off Adam's computer, and the doctor goes, "She's thinking for herself." Meta- he goes, "Metaphor alert." Uh, he goes, "Like uh, for the rest of the episode is a metaphor, not a real." He goes, "She's thinking. She's using what she knows." Uh, and Edder's like, lock her out. They're like, too late. She's gone through the Chuck E. Cheese band. Uh, she shuts down the cooling systems for Chewbacca. And uh, they're like, Chewbacca's going to get warm. And then he's just going to, like, uh, do that loud growl. And they go back and forth with some action shots. So, you know, don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. Uh, and a little bit of chaotic. Everyone's running around, but Kathak is like, oh, yeah, I'm taking a step for humanity. And she goes, they should have got a promotion nine years ago. And the doctor's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, he goes, Chewbacca's just going to start sweating so much that they're going to get off the ship. Uh, the Jagger Fresh will just leave uh, straight into outer space. Uh, and Simon Pegg's like, sorry, boss. Uh, sorry, can't help it. A member of staff had a good idea. And then the doctor and Rose try to get out of there. They go get Kathika. Adam's running around downstairs. And as they run out, the doctor goes, see you in the headlines, bruh. 
And the editor goes, yeah, actually, I think I'm going to quit my job. Uh, let's see. Grabs Catholic, uh, big music. There's big music. Uh, oh, that's later. Catholic goes in action. Oh, chaos. Rose is free. Suki's free. Doctor and Rose get, grab Catholic. Then there's big music. Uh, and the, the, the uh, Chewbacca, like, gets a stomach ache before, right on Simon Pegg, before uh, the Jaggerfresh gets off into space. Uh, and the doctor snaps his fingers, too, so kicking it off the internet. Uh, we see the sunrise. Uh, and we're back in the common area. Everybody's just like, holy wow, that was wild. Uh, and the doctor's like, all right, we're out of here, because I don't like tidying up or answering questions. You're going to do great, Catholic. Uh, and she goes, you're going to have to explain everything. you got to stay. And the doctor's like, no, no, no. Without the news, human beings, human race should accelerate. Everything should go back to normal. And I said, what the world needs now is who, Dr. Who, uh, more than ever. And, uh, and she goes, what about your friend? And the doctor goes, you mean Adam? I don't like him. And Rose goes, doctor, calm down. And then Adam's like, hey, I got the key to the TARDIS. I'm feeling great. Uh, everything really worked out, huh? And the doctor looks very stern. And he grabs the key, opens the door. And Adam's like, sorry, well, sorry, sorry, sorry. And they go right into the TARDIS, and they come right out in Adam's mom and dad's house. Uh, and Adam's like, why is this my house? And the doctor goes, uh, he just gives him a look. And Adam goes, I thought I was in trouble. And he goes, you try anything else, Adam? And Adam goes, what do you mean? He goes, like, uh, download the whole internet to your parents' phone. And he goes, one piece of future information could have messed the history of the world up. Uh, and Adam's like, oh, boy. And so the doctor, like, breaks her phone. And Adam's like, I was going to get rich off that. Uh, and the doctor's like, all right, we'll see you later. And he goes, what do you mean, see you? And the doctor goes, Bye. And he goes, what about me? He goes, I got this uh, chip in my head to access the internet. And he goes, it's not normal here on regular Earth. Uh, and the doctor's like, like when I snap my fingers? And, and he goes, yeah. And he goes, don't do that. And, and he goes, snap my fingers? So you're, you're like, uh, and Rose goes, doctor, cut it out. And then she snaps his fingers and laughs. Uh, Adam's like, come on. And the doctor's like, uh, you could have messed up all of human history. And Adam's like, I was just trying to be helpful. And the doctor goes, for yourself. Uh, and he goes, listen, I'm sorry, but you can't leave me here. And he goes, yeah, we can, because uh, you better be on your best behavior with the Internet head. And he goes, see ya. And he goes, I want to come. And he goes, nope, uh, I only take the best. I've got Rose. And him and Rose bust out. Adam's mom comes home. She goes, Adam, what's up? Uh, she, at first, she's like, Jeff, is that you? And Adam goes, it's me, mom. Uh, and she goes, I didn't believe you were coming home. And Adam's like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, just go home from my visit under Salt Lake City. I mean, that would have been the last time he reported in other than his message. And she goes, blimey, there's a drought, a draft. Uh, and then Adam's mom accidentally snaps her fingers and she sees that Adam can access the internet. And she's like, oh my goodness. Uh, and she faints like Adam did. And the episode ends. Uh, so let's see. I don't have time really to look anything up this week. Uh, I guess it looks like we're, we're pretty close to time. Oh, we got like uh, five minutes here. Let me look some stuff up. I'll pause it. 
Uh, so at least like the sayings for the week would be get told off, which I mean, it kind of means uh, get in trouble. So get told off and a bit of a top off. Uh, it means, you know, like your phone could always use a bit of a top off. Uh, or it can just mean plusing in this situation. Like Rose says, he made it better. So I guess like my phone, I have, like, I don't know, like, I guess it would then be if you like, you got a new battery in your iPhone 6S or whatever, I'd say my phone needs a bit of a top off, like a new battery, Apple, WTF, uh, or does that mean I need a new phone or should I switch to another company? Uh, so, uh, a bit of a top off, you know, just kidding. I try, I try, I tried the other, the other device and never like I have my iPhone only, I guess. And then two other uh, pop things. Like one, this episode was written by uh, Russell uh, Russell Davies, uh, Stephen Russell Davies, uh, according to Wikipedia, Welsh screenwriter and television producer, has worked on Queers Folk, Bob and Rose, The Second Coming, Casanova, Doctor Who, and written the cucumber uh, the trilogy Cucumber Tofu and Banana. He's from Swansea. He wanted to be a comic artist. Uh, and then he ended up studying literature, worked in the BBC Children's Department uh, in different positions, uh, then moved into drama, dramas. Uh, and then he's the one who revived and ran Doctor Who after a 16-year hiatus. Uh, he was the executive producer and oversaw a surge in popularity that led to two spin-off series, Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures. And the revival of Saturday primetime dramas as a profitable venture for, for production companies. Uh, so the you know the, this episode was written by the big dog, I guess is what we're saying. And it was I mean it was a really good episode, so that makes sense. Uh, and extensive more things about uh, about it. Uh, but let's see about Doctor Who. Uh, since he watched the first Doctor's regeneration of the second Doctor's at the end of 1966 uh, serial The Tenth Planet, Davies had fallen in love with the show. And by the mid-century, by mid-70s, he was writing uh, reviews in his diary. Uh, so I guess that, I mean, it's cool. It led him to uh, revive it. Uh, and so... I'm sure he'll have a much, I mean, we'll have much more contact. And then Mutt and Jeff. Uh, I never really could hear that a lot, but uh, it was a long-running and wildly popular American comic strip by, by Bud Fisher about two mismatched tin horns. It uh, ran until 1983 and pulling the talents of several cartoonists, uh, chiefly Al Smith, who drew this, this strip for 50 years. Uh, had syndicated Express. It's, it looks like it started in the San Francisco Chronicle. And the characters, I guess maybe this is it. Augustus Mutt is a tall, a dim-witted racetrack character, a fanatic a horse race gambler who's motivated by greed. So that makes it, there's Adam right there. Uh, Mutt has a wife and known as Mrs. Mutt and a son named Cicero. And he first encountered uh, Jeff, uh, who had different issues, but also shared his passion for horse racing. And eventually the strip abandoned the horse racing theme and concentrated on Mutt's uh, other outlandish get-rich-quick schemes. Uh, Jeff was usually and sometimes his unwilling partner. 
Jeff had, uh, was short, bald, and had mutton chop sideburns, no last name. Uh, Jeff, first and last, and always Jeff. Uh, uh, sometimes Othello Jeff. He has a twin brother, Julius. Uh, they look alike. Um, so, interesting. I mean, I guess, like, learning a little bit more. But not too much more, because it's bedtime, and it's me. So, thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did of Doctor Who. Or you're, you know, you're gently deep in bed. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Like, uh, I have Chewbacca slippers that are very comfortable. I wear them around the house. And it's actually, I'm going to put my feet in them right now. And it'll be nice and warm. And I'm going to go, I'm dog sitting. So I'm going to go pet Cohen, sweetie, in my Chewbacca slippers. Uh, uh, just like I'm trying to soothe you with my voice, I'll be doing what what I call double pet time for the dogs. Good night. <laughs>